When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome once again, everybody, to Blockbuster Mentality, the show where we dive deep into the world of cinema. I'm your host, Ben Secord, and today, Dave and I dive deep into the 1984 classic Amadeus, starring Tom Hulse and F. Murray Abraham. The IMDb synopsis for the film reads, The incredible story of Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, told by his peer and secret rival, Antonio Salieri, now confined to an insane asylum. Definitely have a lot to say about this film. Can't wait. All right, folks, we'll sit back, relax. Let's talk some movies. So the Oscars are now behind us. It almost feels like ancient history now. It's what just been like a week and a half. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. Yeah, it's <laughs> right. almost two weeks. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, a week and a half. Feels It feels long gone but when we were talking um oscars we ended up talking about this movie amadeus which is one you hadn't seen and one that was on my list of something i'm not right. I forget what was it uh or was it for f murray abraham and uh top five yeah you was in your top five oscar performances you had f murray abraham at your number two and then you you just talked about this movie talked it up and, and i was yeah. intrigued so yeah. thanks thanks to you we're doing amadeus today so yeah so actually and we should as anyone who's seen our YouTube videos, this is not really a confession, but we we shoot two episodes uh, in one, each night. Yep. Uh, we do not wear the same clothes every week. <laughs> no, we do not come <laughs> back here. <laughs> we typically shoot on Thursday, shoot and record on Thursday nights, um, and to release on Monday. And but we're in this one, we're doing a music heavy movie, and our next one that we're we're going to do right after this is also a music heavy movie, and we're also talking about doing another one <laughs> yeah. in, uh, in La La Land. I know, um, yeah, it's it's music heavy all around. We both kind of fell into this. Someone call it like a not like a passion or whatever, but we're both kind of interested in that same kind of film. Um, so getting through one of the best ever made, I would assume, in Amadeus, um, you talk about Oscar sweeps. This movie won eight Oscars in 1984. It won Best Picture, obviously, uh, Best Actor for F. Murray Abraham. Milos Forman won Best Director, um, adapt, Best Adapted Screenplay. So I'm assuming this was a book of some sort. Um, best, co- I've got this all here. Sound mixing, costume, and makeup. I think that's all of them. This maybe maybe right. another one I missed. So this one just, I would have been a really boring show. I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? So do you have, actually, if you have this up, do you know what else was nominated for Best Picture? So, uh, Tom Hulse was also nominated. He obviously played Wolfgang, uh, Mozart. Tom Hulse was nominated for Best Actor in a Lead Role. So him and F. Murray Abraham were up against each other. Best Cinematography and Best Film Editing. Um, yeah, I would, I'd be interested to see, I don't, don't have the list of who won for cinematography, but yeah, I would be interested to see who won that year. Cause this doesn't seem like it would, it would have won that. So I'm not surprised, but yeah, no, it wasn't like ground. It, it felt like, um, well, it, the movie centers on, you know, Mozart, obviously, uh, doing operas and that sort of thing. So the movie's obviously about stuff going on on stage for a large portion of the film. And that's not something that I typically watch. Um, or I'm even really Definitely familiar not. with. Yeah. I, I really don't have a big appreciation. I mean, Mozart, obviously, I'm not going to say he sucks, but I don't, I don't listen to Mozart casually, that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, that's probably why this movie has escaped me for so many years because again, uh, yeah, there's no secret now. I've, I've, this is my first time seeing the movie is for the show. And yeah, I think it's escaped me for so long. Cause yeah, this, this time period doesn't really interest me. You know, those, the, you know, it's a people with wigs and, and all right. that. And again, it's not something I'm always listening to or anything. Uh, you know, big music guy. But yeah, I'm not gonna don't don't typically listen to classical music. Well, I kind of think that's that's sort of what makes this movie so good is that it is a part of culture that most people don't touch, and even us as movie lovers, we don't even get into that sort of thing. Yeah, we don't go to I don't go to theater, I don't go to opera, I don't go to any of that. But yet I'm watching this movie and I'm captivated by all those scenes, and it gives me such an appreciation for the music. The music is so good. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's incredible just what's involved in composing. Like, I definitely learned, learned some in this movie, too. Yeah. It's just, just crazy that you have to know so many instruments and what can go with what and, you know, what's, uh, what complements the other and when you should do them at the same time and just 
crazy how much how you know talent you need to be able to do that and you can see that even in you know uh f murray abraham's character who's you know he's he's called you know basically mediocre even calls himself mediocre in the film yeah even him he has insane talent I, I, exactly yeah he's he's more just downing himself that he's not mozart um it, it's so interesting this story really because it's amadeus which is uh um it's wolfgang amadeus was his middle name mozart it's not a, it's not really a movie about Mozart per se. It's not it's right, very yeah. unexpected. Yeah. Cuz what you get here is a story of Mozart's a contemporary or a rival in his story of seeing that historical figure through his own eyes. And it's rare to get that sort of look at someone else where it, it, you don't see um I don't think we're spoiling anything. Mozart d- dies. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, if it's history, so, right, it's history. Yeah, he, well, yeah, he didn't live forever. <laughs> He's not still well, right. He, he died young. He is, died young. Yeah. yeah. And then this story of sort of is, is about that, but told through the eyes of someone who did not like him very much. Right. <laughs> so, you know, it'd be like, um, I don't know, a, a movie about Abraham Lincoln. And you're like, well, that guy was a real douche. <laughs> <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> and you just, you're not expecting that. No, definitely that. Yeah. You hear these historical names and you appreciate them for, their music and whatever they accomplished when they were alive but yeah you don't really dig deep into their lives and just how yeah how insane this guy was not insane like he just was a doofus yeah and you as you said this is uh did you mention this is milos foreman yeah milos foreman yeah so he did cuckoo's nest which is on our Mm -hmm. short list yeah upcoming he did uh people versus larry flint and the man on the moon man on the moon (laughs) yeah which i don't know how you feel about that movie but i wouldn't mind getting into that yeah i like that a lot and i I also it made me want to watch it again was watching that documentary about it on uh, netflix with jim carrey i was just about to say uh, maybe an interesting show would be to do the movie and the documentary yeah. As, a, as a companion no, show, definitely, to, yeah. To, you know, analyze the movie and then go back and and then talk about the documentary. If anybody has seen this, is on Netflix. I don't know what it's called, uh, it's, uh, but it's very easy. Just search Jim Carrey. I'm sure you've probably seen it pop up. Jim Carrey. Something to do with that song. I think it's another line from that song. Oh, okay. Uh, first of all, have you ever seen People versus Larry Flint? I have. Yeah. Is it yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah okay. Woody Harrelson's really good in yeah. it. Um, I mean, I saw that. I think I saw it. Once when it came out, oh when wow, I was like yeah, young. It's, it looks like it's ninety six. Well, so. that was like um, I was a young kid and I knew there were uh, there was nudity. Uh, so that one, <laughs> yeah, was, that's. Uh, I think this movie and uh, Private Parts of Howard Stern, those two were like my teenage <laughs> or even slightly younger go to. So yeah. <laughs> uh, that was like I was felt like I was really breaking the rules. Yeah, and, uh, he's like, oh, this is my at, shot to see yeah, <laughs> seeing <laughs> things that I shouldn't see. Thank you, Blockbuster, and not mentality, but. Oh, the, Right, uh, of the course. The dead franchise. Oh, that I yes. had my uh, card that for some reason allowed me to take out R-rated movies. Thank you, parents. For <laughs> yeah, not having yeah. That oh, yeah. So they, yeah, they just go on the card. They're like, oh, you know, this kid looks old <laughs> That's enough. That's fine. Because you, yeah. you had a beard when you were 12, too? I did. I, yeah. Actually, I, I emerged from the womb uh, dripping with fluid <laughs> oh, off of my beard. <laughs> oh, 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 this got gross fast. Well, well you, we're, 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 we're reminiscing here. Yeah, so. well, and also, we're, we're vulgar, just like Amadeus. You know, Amadeus said he's a vulgar man. Man, but his music is not so you know our art and our critique of movies is is not vulgar I, so, the way you tied that in was brilliant you're welcome <laughs> saved you he, so Milos Forman he actually won best director uh, two times in a row he was not two not two years in a row but two times in a row he was nominated in 76 for Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest he won won that one yep. nominated again for Amadeus won and then he was nominated again for uh, People versus Larry Flynn didn't I, win but yeah I don't know I'd have to I, I don't think that was real, well maybe for a best director People versus Larry Flynn. I don't think it was a great movie. It just was a. It was a movie. I about heard it's a, a good performance. Yeah, good performance, and you know, a movie about pornography. You know, a pornographer, kind of a low life guy, but okay. you know, it was it was framed in the in the in a, a free speech sort of sense because he won a court case about being right. obscene. Because that's really what we want is the ability to show the most disgusting things possible right. in magazines. If we can't have that, then we can't have anything. <laughs> what is this country about then if we can't have that? You know? What is freedom really? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then we get the amazing F. Murray Abraham in this movie. He is so good. Yeah, he's outstanding, man. Um, he plays two versions of himself, which is the Salieri character. One is as an old man in a mental institution and then flashbacks as a younger man it's a contemporary with Mozart, and the guy is captivating in everything he does. Tell me about this. What What do you feel more? Do you, do you 
are you captivated more by his old man scenes or or his young scenes? I would say for certainly the old man stuff. Yeah. He just has a way of explaining. Actually, it's sort of disarming in a way because he he sort of seems like a kindly old man, sort of harmless. But you learn that he's a bit of a monster. Yeah, he really is. Yeah. You're still like sort of sympathetic with him. Right. Yeah. And that's how I felt also about Amadeus, too. It's like, man, I could see why he doesn't like him. But at the same time, like Amadeus, like he has this like childlike uh, passion to what he's saying, too. Like yeah. he's just saying, like he's talking about uh, at one point, he's talking about the Figaro uh, opera. Yeah. And he's just like so excited to talk about it. And he's just like, I felt like that, like childlike Lee, like he never had a childhood really. So he's like, kind of, that's why he's doing what he is doing now because. He was, you know, his father made him compose when he was little and just that's the life he led. So I can see, I, again, I just, I, I could sympathize with both. So I, I, I totally understood. Um, no, yeah, that's a great insight is that, is that the Mo- Mozart was, as they showed in the movie, is Mozart was carted around as a little kid as what <laughs> Salieri, F. Murray Abraham calls him a dancing monkey. Um, just his dad was just this harsh man who made, who, who probably drilled his practice into him and made him go all around Europe to perform and he was amazing. I mean, there's a one scene where he's blindfolded and playing something yeah. really complicated. Right. It's like a five year old or something like that. And you're right. As he gets older with all that talent, he's actually tasting a bit of freedom and he doesn't really know how to handle it. He still, t- he still acts like a boy because he never really could mature. Like you said, ha- be a child. So now he's an adult still stuck in that mold. He's terrified of his dad. His dad's still that, that haunting right. figure. Yeah. Even as an adult. Yeah. And he's, he's just, He's just vulgar. He's he's he has this that that, that laugh is oh my goodness <laughs> that laugh. <laughs> I can't even do it. <laughs> like, yeah, maybe we'll play a clip for it. Yeah, uh, let me fix your boom here. Your faces covered. Oh yeah, we want to make sure everyone can see my yeah. Face. Gotta gotta make sure we see your face, man. Yeah, that's but it's it's really also critical. also um going back to him, you know, learning as a child, his father kind of basically forcing him into it. Um, you know, he may have been interested too. They didn't really get into that, but it just gives uh, F. Murray Abraham another reason to despise him because F. Murray actually wanted this. Like he, he aspired to be this as a young kid, whereas Mozart was just kind of thrown into it and yet he's amazing at it. Well, they know? both have very different... Ch- this is actually... I should just probably say... Um, well, going back to you were asking about the what I like better, the older man or the or the younger Salieri, and it's definitely the older. And there's the way he describes everything. It's one of those where you re, you just go rewind it and just hear him say the line again. Right? Yeah. Um, there's there's lots of them in here, and that's kind of the issue with this movie. Is it's not an issue. It's 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 great, but we we sort of like to break down movies into we do our pick six or six six major moments. Yep. But the the, the problem, I guess, with this movie is there are so many little moments and each one of those little moments is great and to just sort of reduce it down to 6 is really hard yeah. so in this episode if you guys haven't told haven't been able to tell we're a little bit more free flowing here so yeah yeah we're we're going to try to follow the structure a little bit of the film and and you know bring up those six points you know as we go but as yeah, we go, yeah yeah just kind of just keep it keep it going here and, uh, and we also talk you know talk about the performances in the director usually first obviously we already talked about uh, <coughs> the the performances a little um but but yeah i mean the, the there were so many lines from old man old man Abraham, I guess we'll call him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you get you get the sense of what's the difference between these two people, and as we talked about Mozart being carted around like a dancing monkey all around Europe, being a performer and writing his first concerto at age six or, wh- or whatever it is. Um, Salieri, I believe, he's Italian. And he grew up in a tiny little village, and there's we start to see this um, this weird relationship that he has with God. Um, right, <laughs> he thinks that. He thinks that God, you know, controls controls the world. Yeah, in, in every a sense. little thing. Yeah, everything's a sign from God. Right, and if you if you pray and you're earnest and you promise, then God will reward you with like a gift, such as um, the gift of being able to compose great music. Right, and he prays to God to get out of his situation, and what happens? His father chokes and dies. Right, yeah, because he wanted to be a composer, but his yeah. dad was basically holding him back right. from that. It's so like he said, music. God, yeah. you know, if there's if <laughs> if there's anything I could do, like he promises to always be faithful to him, you know, give me a sign, and then his dad dies, and he's like, oh, there's my sign. There's, yeah. If I ever had a sign, there it is. Exactly. He offers up, he's like, I'll give you my chastity, my industry, my something else. And, uh, well, yeah, here I am, a small town boy, and my, here's my chance. 
Obviously, God killed my father so that I could be a composer. <laughs> is the logic here? Yeah, I mean, naturally. I mean, that's that's just how that works. But it, it informs his entire worldview and the idea that if you are good at something, so good, and to be able to make music that is just beyond belief that this could come from a human being, it actually is coming from God. God is letting you like somewhat speak His voice to everyone else. It's like a blessing. So only those that are worthy can have this blessing. Uh, and the problem is, which is leading into our, what, what would be our first pick six, is meeting Mozart. Right. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that's number one. Yeah. Mozart is brilliant, but he's an ass. Yeah, he is just... He's <laughs> not a man chosen by God, <laughs> he's right? He's a bumbling idiot. Because, <laughs> yeah, he, he's heard of Mozart, you know, before he's actually, you know, seen him in person and everything. So he's like, they're at a party that he, or some sort of event that he knows Mozart's going to be at. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of looking around for him. And Oh, yeah, that's right. We should probably set the table a little bit better than, than what I did. Is that Salieri, that we're in the court of Austria? It's, yeah. Vienna. Uh, so it's the Austrian emperor... And uh, Salieri, I believe, at this point is the court composer. Is that right? Yep, for uh, the emperor. Yeah, and the emperor has a very strong interest in music. Right. He wants to play. Salieri is teaching him. Um, and there's also like three or four, maybe even five other guys who are sort of art music director, right, yeah, advisor they're... people. It seems like all the emperor really does is just yeah, it's all watch about... <laughs> operas and ask for <laughs> exactly. advice on like how to play things. There's <laughs> no, no like conquering no, or... No running the country no, or no. any <laughs> politics. It's just, hmm, what should we do about this next <laughs> opera? <laughs> uh, yeah, how was my technique? On the, yeah, exactly. And that's yeah, great. so that's how, we, that's how we meet Mozart. And right. He's just, I mean, <laughs> Tom Holtz is so good. You can see why he... Uh, earn this nomination, you know, and I don't really know him. I know him from um, I know him from Animal House. Yeah, uh, he was in a minor role in there. I know him from Parenthood as sort of the screw up brother. Parent? Oh no, I never saw that. You never saw the movie Parenthood? Sorry, man. <laughs> oh man, well here we go. Yeah. So uh, at Reply Ben, that that's ridiculous that you hadn't seen Parenthood. <laughs> that's actually prob- oh he's from Plymouth, Michigan. He was born in Detroit. Anyways, go ahead. Oh. Sorry. Yeah, uh, Tom Holtz Did you say Plymouth, Michigan? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Pl- Plymouth is pretty close to where I was from. Wow. Um, I, you know, I grew up in a town called Plymouth, Connecticut. No. I sure did. Tight. <laughs> he was Quasimodo, uh, the voice of Quasimodo in okay. Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, Parenthood with Steve Martin? That That's what you were talking about? That is the movie that I said uh, and referred to. Okay, yeah, still haven't seen it. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah, that's the movie. We, we'll, you should at least see it. If we don't do it, you should definitely see it. Yeah, for anyway, sure. He sort of plays a screw up in that, and it's sort of a natural role for him. I, I think he does a really good job. He's just kind of um, he's crazy and weird and like almost like an animal in a sense. But um, I think what you touched on there's a, there's a, a really clear innocence about him. Right. Yeah. That. Yeah. That thing. That was the word I was looking for. Yeah. He's very innocent, even he, though he's vulgar, even though he's a heathen. Yeah. Or, you know, he doesn't mean any harm to anyone. And really, what he wants is just some recognition for his work and to just do his work and get paid for it, which he has a really pro- real problem doing. Yeah. That's one thing. Like they didn't like. I was expecting him to just coast through life, you know, by the way this movie was described to me and just what I read about it. Just I I was I didn't realize how much struggle he had in 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 life, you know, even once he was married, things like that. Like he wasn't smooth sailing. You you know, you assume like, uh, I don't know, a a Taylor Swift is doesn't have a problem with money right right and she's no freaking mozart <laughs> exactly you know, so you'd assume that someone like mozart would be pretty comfortable but what it seems like what goes on here is they have these shows these operas that happen every so often and he'll, he'll get a payout for that a lump sum and then he'll blow it um and what you can get for regular income is get appointed by the emperor to do some to do some work for him uh, or train one of his relatives, or to just do regular lesson work, which seems to be a way of getting regular income. Right, and he does. He's got a real hard time with that because he's he's a, a genius, right? right? Yeah. So he doesn't have patience for some idiot to learn. Yeah, like, it bores stuff. him. Like yeah. that part with the dogs, like when he's trying <laughs> no. to tra- tra- train uh, the emperor's niece or something. Yeah, and yeah, it just does not go well. He's just like. Well, first of all, what what are you doing with all those dogs? Get out of here! It's crazy. Um, but uh, but that, it just just sort of shows that his inability to just kind of function in a normal setting and right. just to just shut your mouth and do your job and get paid, he just will not do it. Right. Which 
I don't have a problem necessarily because he's such a genius. He should be the, the the system is wrong, not him in a way. Yeah, exactly. You know, even if he's just doing an opera every three months, I mean, unless it's unless he's literally blowing through it like a, a rap rapper or something. I mean, which actually was kind of part of it. So maybe it was right. Part of yeah. his own fault. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he liked to go out drinking. You know, obviously it seems yeah. like he had you know probably paid for sex. You know, things like that. Like it's uh, yeah. Uh, yeah for sure. Um, but so. still, it seems like it, he should have at least had still enough to right but he's always struggling so that's kind of a problem right but in this yeah so we go back to back to when they meet is uh it kind of throws Salieri's world upside down here. right yeah yeah because he meets him the, you see these two people a man and a woman like they're kind of playing tag with each other like yeah. kind of childish games and uh well sorry Salieri wants to find and meet the great Mozart right he's searching gr- for him right and ends up in this room as you said yeah, exactly. And yeah, he's he's like ends up hiding behind like a food tray while he's watching them, you know. He's pl- like eating cream puffs. Right. There's lots of That's, little funny moments yeah, in this movie. Yeah, lots of he snacks a lot in this movie. <laughs> so he's eating something. It's like, man, what is this? Um yeah, so I I definitely noticed that, but uh but yeah, when he was uh, you know, he was watching them and then like Mozart's like talking backwards to the girl, which is, you know, it's just cute and stuff, but it's just like this doesn't seem like a you know, like you said, this yeah, they're crawling under the table, powerful, like tackling her. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah, so you just this guy does not seem like you know his music. So uh, F. Murray Abraham is just totally thrown back by this, um, and then you know he sees. Mozart's kind of late to you know the the music. And, yeah, you know he's supposed to be playing right now because he hears the music and he goes over there and he's running down the hall. <laughs> yeah, running down the hall. <laughs> oh, I'm late. <laughs> yeah, well, because the emperor says we're starting at one p.m. Right, and that means we're starting at one p.m. Right. Exactly. Whether you are there or not. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> uh, but there's a there's an amazing bit here. I don't know if it's just me. I'm assuming you love this stuff too. Um, where Salieri sees him and then he just he discovers the genius that is Mozart. There's, he's, he goes back to him as an old man and he sees the, the notes on a, he's reflecting on seeing the notes on a page mm-hmm. and he's just describing the music and right. then, and then they play the music in the background as he's describing it. Oh, I and love it's that. Yeah. Just brilliant. It's great. And it's cause you, this guy, I mean, throughout the whole movie, this guy hates Mozart yeah. and he's like, my, uh, you know, I was watching with my wife and she even said like, he's just, in awe of him, but yet he hates himself for being in awe of him because he cannot stand who this person is. Throughout the movie, he's in awe of his music. Anytime he's playing music, he's just captivated by it, but he just hates that fact. Yeah, it's interesting. That's a great point. It's sort of like a love-hate in a way, and that hate almost, like, or the love fuels the hate or or in a way, but that hate also, like... He keeps Mozart going because right. he ends up really helping him. Yeah, exactly. That, I was thinking that too. Yeah, he has this appreciation. He could have just ignored him, and Mozart probably would have just failed and went somewhere else. Right. But that the tension that he gives him almost keeps Mozart around more. Yeah, it's it's like, true. They like fuel. They fuel each other. Yeah. In a way. He, he could have probably just left it, and Mozart yeah. could have sabotaged himself exactly. instead. Uh, Salieri. How do you pronounce his name? Salieri. Salieri. He was trying Salieri. to. Sa- he's trying to sabotage Mozart the whole movie, inadvertently helping him mm-hmm. instead. So yeah, that's a good call there. Um, that was a good way of but, summarizing my thirty sentences into one. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, I just love that you know on the page like it looks so simple, yet it yeah. just was still so brilliant. Like the clarinet took over. He says uh, things like that, and that's that's when he gets into you know how could you know God you know uh, give me such longing for music yet uh in but instead choose this uh obscene child to be his instrument he says yeah i don't know if he says it here or oh yeah it's after oh yeah so that's after he meets him so that's basically our number two is uh when at the emperor meets uh uh when mozart eats, oh, okay, meets yeah, the so emperor we, yeah, so yeah we went right into that and yeah. uh, there's a, there's an amazing line there where he's like god gave me the ear uh, but but he made me a mute. Right, yeah, yeah. I or think that's where he said, that. yeah, he gave me the longing and the made lo- yeah. me a mute. Why? Uh, I have it, it written down here. Uh, why give me the desire and then deny me the talent? Oh, it's powerful, man. It, it it's is. Like, it's, you know, you you can understand why he would feel that way, but it's just like his thoughts get twisted, you know? it's, it's Right. Well, think about that, though, because most people, they he- I mean, most people would hear an amazing piece of music like Mozart, and yeah, they're like, it's good. But they don't understand how good it is, right? How difficult it is, how right. brilliant it is. 
and very few can. And Salieri, he he can. He has that ear. He has that appreciation, that, that under, sort of understanding. Right. But he has no ability to replicate it on his own, and it must be incredibly frustrating. No, definitely. Yeah, ear. I mean, it's especially when you're tying that to the, the the idea that this isn't a random thing. This is a talent given by God, and he didn't give it to me. Or worse, he's taunting me, or he cursed me with. Right. <laughs> he's yeah. screwing with me. Yeah, he gave it to what he refers to Mozart as the creature. When it, and yeah, oh, I love that. Yeah, the creature couldn't bear that because yeah, you think he first calls him that when he's talking about Mozart flirting with the girl he likes, and he's oh. like, yeah, oh, oh, that creature touching the, the you know her. Well, so, yeah. yeah, that's it's great that he calls him that, but it's just yeah, he he. It's sad too because obviously he has a great life. You know, he's he's got it made. Like he's, he's wealthy. He's wealthy. He's got he's got regular business. He's got this these pupils. He's training all the time. He's a he's a court composer. He's a, I mean he, he's but, sort of like um, it, I don't know what what the direct analogy is here, but at, yeah. at the time he's famous. Right. He's, he's wealthy. It's yeah. sort of like I don't not not that I want to say I, I used Taylor Swift earlier, but just imagine a. A, you know, a popular songwriter now, but someone that will just be forgotten in 30 years. Right. Yeah. Whereas, you know, whoever, let's just take, I don't know, in the, in the, in the late sixties, there's probably many popular bands, but most everybody only mem- remembers the Beatles, right? Yeah. That's Beatles. Yeah. yeah. Rolling Stones. I'm sure you yeah, there's tons of bands, but yeah, I mean, right. they're, yeah, exactly. But other people were popular then. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah. like, you know, the monkeys, we don't really listen to the monkeys anymore, do we? I mean, they were popular and they had their own TV <laughs> right. show, but yeah. yeah, their, their music didn't stand the test of time. And whereas... that's actually one of the first things we, we get in this movie, um, is, uh, Salieri. Do we even set the scene here? Salieri's in a mental institution. Oh, right. Yeah. Because he, <laughs> well, if, <laughs> Well, you go even farther back. The opening scene is a man yelling, "I killed Mozart," and, sla- and trying to slash his throat. Right? Mm-hmm. He's an older man, and then he ends up in some kind of a mental institution. And then a priest goes to him, and then we get the story. Uh, but how how he first starts, he plays on a piano or a harpsichord or whatever. He's like, "Do you recognize this?" And he plays plays a couple of things, and the priest is like, "No, I don't know that one." He plays something else, like, "No, I don't recognize it." Then he plays another one. And it's, he's like, the priest is like, yeah, I get it. And he's like, no, that's not me. That was Mozart. <laughs> yep. And he just fumes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so angry. So, I mean, it's just like, is he searching for glory this whole time? Is that all he wants is just the glory because he loves music so much and he loves composing that he just wants that to be able to write the perfect song? Is I that- think so. Yeah. And, and, and I think he, he feels like he deserves it. And it needs to be given to him by God. And if God won't do it, then God sucks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's sad, too, because all the time you spent trying to sabotage Mozart and, you know, being in awe of him, like, how much time could you have spent trying to create what Mozart creates? I know. know. It's like spending your time on the wrong things. I mean, this movie definitely touches on that, about being bitter about things for so long, how, you know, toxic that is, really, in in the end. Um, But here we get when... uh, is it, is it right here where Mozart comes in and yeah it, yeah so yeah they're, they they want to introduce Mozart go ahead well yeah but and then is this where the emperor is playing the song yep the yeah, so, yeah see Sierry oh, I can't say his name F Marie Abraham writes a song to be so it's a march yeah as a march for Mozart to be entered and the, the emperor's like how about I play it can yeah. I play it the emperor who is played it. by uh, Mr Rooney from Ferris yep, Bueller Mr Rooney who's actually really good in this I thought yeah he is he yeah. doesn't play weird or Jeffrey Jones yeah Jeffrey oh, there we go which so. it, that's the one thing I wanted to mention it was bothering me at first that it's like why are all Americans playing Italians and, and Germans like F. Murray Abraham yeah he can pass for Italian but no accent but then I, I read that Milos Forman like said like don't worry about accents I want you to just worry about the characters focus on the characters because if you're worrying about accents you're yeah. gonna your performance is not gonna be true it's not gonna be yeah. totally 100% so that I respect it for that so that that made me feel better not that I was furious about it or anything or like oh whitewash but you know it's just um, yeah, so this that, is that like, made me appreciate it more. This is like the Kevin Costner uh, Robin Hood uh, yeah. criticism, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which didn't actually didn't bother me then, right? I'd yeah. rather just do your role. Like, yeah. I don't care that you have an English accent or whatever. In this case, yeah. Well, so we want we want Jeffrey Jones to affect uh, Austrian. Would you like me to play this? Oh, that's a horrible Austrian. No, that was good. Yeah, that you sounded yeah very good. Very play good. this march for you or something like that. Too. But that's it's getting worse. But <laughs> so he's playing it, and, uh, and and Mozart comes in, and it's written by 
by Sal- Salieri. Salieri, thank you. Thank and you. then he's like, uh, would you like to take this home? And he's like, no, it's all in my head. You can only listen to one time. Yeah, it's all I need. Just, I heard it. Right. Would you mind uh, demonstrating that? He sits down, he's playing it, and then he discovers the flaws in the music. He's like, shouldn't it do, th- like, this isn't right. Shouldn't it do, like, dun 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 <laughs> And uh, F. Murray Abraham, he's just oh, seething with anger. This little twerp walked in, knew my music like it was, like I just said, hey, hello, how are you? And just knew it instantly. And then improved it to something far better than I could even come up with. And it's just like, right. I, I, I yeah, give up here. Yeah, the look on his face and just how it comes like so effortlessly for Mozart. Yeah. And yet he like worked, probably worked hard on this march and just. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're like, working for the emperor here. You're yeah, not half exactly. And then, yeah, that's when, yeah, he talked about giving me this longing, made me a mute and just that, that passion and that heartache, you know, he feels he's so good at. He really honed in this for this role, especially those Brilliant. old man scenes. He yeah. was honed in. It was just amazing. Like it just he came off the screen. It was just I can totally see why this was in your top five yeah, for greatest performances. It's unforgettable, this guy. Yeah. How good he is here. Yeah. I just find myself just rewinding everything right, he says. Yeah. You want to hear it twice, at least, because it's delivered with such that, I don't know, that's, realism. That's the thought I had when you said about how Mozart, like, you know, you, you think of it, you know, you're like, yeah, it's good music, but you don't really know really how it's how good it is. Like, I can see people seeing this performance as, you know, yeah, it's good, but like, do you really understand like just <laughs> how good it is? Yeah. You know, like, yeah, it's, 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 it's very similar. Yeah, it's yeah. a great analogy. Um, in that same way, watching an amazing actor, an actor put in it just as crazy great performance and that's his and to play an old man brilliantly and to play you know the younger man really good too and he's kind of obnoxious right, right. yeah he's very like he's like oh yes yes he's very like patronizing yeah patronizing people. yeah pretentious cocky a little yeah um so yeah uh, yeah great performances to be able to play off basically so, two roles in a movie so you mentioned this um of salieri getting jealous of one of the girls he was He's tutoring. She's an opera singer. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's this big fight about um, uh, Mozart has this idea to do a Turkish opera set in a in a, in a harem. Right. right. Is that right? And there was like a kind of a debate here with the. This is right after they play the entrances. We're like, oh, oh yeah, I want to do yeah. this. It's set in a harem. It's in Turkey, and they're like, this is indecent. But eventually, he wins, and uh, the main main singer is someone that Salieri has. He says, uh, if not, I'm in love with her. I'm in lust with her. Right. And she's the star of the show. And this, I, I mean, here we are looking at an opera on screen, something I don't watch, I don't care for, I don't really even have an appreciation for. I'm captivated yeah. by this for about 10 to 15 minutes on, on the screen. Right, yeah. She's singing it's... great. The music is great. And how about this? The shot. Whatever that shot is where they place the camera in front of the director Yep. It's sort of like a wide shot where you see everything behind them, but also the uh, Tom Hulse, you could see him sort of close, you know, and he's just like doing this stuff and he's right. singing with her and it would cut to him and cut to her. I don't know what that shot is with the, yeah. with the camera. Yeah, the, it's yeah, amazing. It's, the camera's like below the composer and like kind of facing out uh, Adam and then you see the crowd behind him. Yeah. It's an ama- like that that part of the cinematography is for me yeah. is like, okay, I could see how this was definitely nominated for but cinematography. You see everything. You see like it's, three rows up. You see the whole inside it, And they keep doing that yeah. you know, throughout the film, which is great. And you see like different like parts of mozart's life and this this is the part we're referring to is the pink wig right when yeah, he's wearing pink, the pink wig, wig. Yeah. yeah yeah what a shot um yeah this is probably the main opera uh part that um captivated me the rest a lot of the opera you know parts after this kind of drug a little for me except like, for it, the one with uh, the don giovanni with the guy coming through after his was, dad died oh, God, yeah that, that was, was cool nuts yeah that was cool i thought that was nuts but yeah but um, this one this one's great there's a lot going on in this one scene right because well, not only is, is the music great, the singing is great. That shot, I mean, yeah, they keep going back to it, and I'm never tired. They could just put the whole movie in that shot. And <laughs> I, I know, just love it. I don't know yeah. what they did with the camera to get it to look that perfect, but it's brilliant, right? <laughs> yeah, that's great. You see the whole inside of that place, but still the conductor is very prominent. Um, so yeah, just awesome. And you got if you guys have 
Probably even if you haven't seen the movie, you've probably seen. Yeah, that shot. I was gonna shot. say like that's in so many like when they show a bunch of clips like at the Oscars of yeah. past movies like that seems to always be in it. Um, so yeah, that's a big famous shot, recognizable. So yeah, so here we meet. Uh, this is kind of a conflict with between Mozart and the Emperor. He's like, there's too many notes. <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> that was good. And we meet the mother-in-law who comes in. This is kind of a funny thing, right? And right. He throws the bucket of water on her. <laughs> it was great. Get some water. Yeah. Just, okay. Here you go. Just throw it at her face. She passes out because she's going to meet the emperor and just couldn't handle the excitement. Um, but also, we, we, we learn here, Salieri figures out that Mozart had sex with this woman that, that Salieri wanted. Right, and yep. So that just made him so much more angry. Yep. And I guess he's still, he said, I give my chastity to God. And as far as we know, he kept to that. I think so, yeah, because he even told the priest, you know, I, I don't touch women, I don't, you know, do anything like that, and then yet Mozart has the talent. Yeah, yeah, he said that at the beginning, so yeah, I would assume so. Uh, I think he just had a crush on this girl. He, he's waiting for thing. God to, like, fill his end of the bargain. Yeah. He's just he's not. Just like, come on, what's going on? Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that, that all that stuff was great. Uh, and this is actually a point in the movie where I, I actually put in my notes, great pacing so far. Uh, the, it's I like the, it was good timing where they brought in the old man scenes. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, this is a perfect, like, it felt like a perfect spot to bring him back for a little bit and then, and then go back to the old. So I, th- I think it was great pacing. So yeah, far I'd say the first 45 minutes to an hour um, are really, really good. But, the movie is not nearly over. Oh, no, it's <laughs> so, not. So, yeah, that's... Uh, which brings up a, the pacing in the beginning is great. However, right. this is a three-hour movie, at yep. least on the director's cut that we both reviewed. Which is the only thing available. Uh, I, I looked on Amazon, I looked on iTunes, looked on other places, and it just... This is the only the only cut you can get is the director's cut. I think the theatrical, from what I could tell, I think it might have been two hours, 40 minutes. But yeah, so I'm, it's only I'm, 20 I'm minutes even, difference, but... I'm not even sure if that's true, but yeah... It, it is it is a three hour movie and you get it feels like the camera after a while it feels like the camera is just lingering right for long periods yeah, and definitely. and the dramatic music kind of gets old mm-hmm. now for 1984 it probably didn't uh, but for this right yeah. just a bit it just hangs a bit on things uh, so yeah I would say that too. Well, I guess it was they came out with a director's cut because two hours forty minutes like is because no studios wanted to pay for this movie. I mean, this is when you know Raiders of the Lost Ark had come out, uh, Empire. Yeah, I think uh, Terminator came out this year. Mm -hmm. So it's just like you know, why are we going to spend the money on on this? Well, that makes me wonder. Now I want to look up see what else was nominated in that year. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Because what. I mean, was this part of the? Did this movie do so well for the Oscars because it was maybe a reaction to those sort of blockbusters? Yeah, uh, this be. one is more coming back to traditional art, traditional film, which is, I mean, but it's still a, it's a great movie in its own right. Right. Uh, but I wonder if there was a part of that saying, "Hey, no, we're still." Looking at quality here, right, we're not yeah. all just popcorn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it could definitely be a response to that. I'm at twelve thirty tonight. Thank you. All we- right. So let's get to our next uh, on our pick pick six. It's basically when Mozart needs help at some point to yeah, he's struggling know, with his income, as we mentioned. Right, and his wife, you know, comes to uh, F. Murray Abraham Who? saying, "What's the character's name?" Uh, Mrs. Mozart. No, no, no. The uh, F. Murray Abraham. Salieri. Nice Salieri. Woo-hoo. I said it. <laughs> Constance Mozart comes Constance. to him. Why does she come to him? Because she's. Uh, she wants his help. Right. Well, she brings him music. Oh, that's right. Because yeah. uh, this is the question of um, his music being appropriate for the core. Because he's cause Mozart just kind of a shady character. And if you get the approval um, of Salieri, who's the core composer, then obviously he's fine. And then you could go ahead and train the emperor's niece, mm-hmm. was it? Yep. And uh, Mozart, or I'm sorry, Salieri says, yeah, I'll do it. Uh but you gotta come back here tonight for a little, uh, you know. You know. And Costanza's uh, like, oh, what do you mean to come here? And he's like, you know. You know. <laughs> yeah, he did the squeak noise. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know. He well, never actually says it, right? This is where the old man says something about, you know, there's no god of mercy, just a god of torture. Yeah. Um, I just, that, that line hit me. I can't remember exactly why he said that, but it had something to do with this, because that's what's in my notes. But well, that's, um, it. that's kind of the problem with this movie, is there's so many great lines, it's hard to, like, 
put them all into contextualize all of them. But yeah, he like prays again. He just like keeps testing he's, God. He's praying. Like, he's yeah, praying. he's like testing him to give him the ability to like write the perfect music. And mm-hmm. it's just like he just won't give it up. He will not give it up. Um, so she shows up. She shows up. She undresses. Yep. She gets topless. And, uh, and then he he rings his bell for his servant yep. and just humiliates her. Yeah. Was this his plan all along? Yeah. Or did he decide that at the last minute? Well, I don't think he was sure that she was going to show up. I don't think he thought that she was going to. I think she surprised him by actually coming. But with that, um, I don't think he had any... Yeah, I don't think he had any intention of sleeping with her. Even to... He doesn't want... It's like he... I don't know. I mean, it's like he'll keep his chastity because he still thinks that God is going to reward him. Right. I think that's what it is. And he just wants to, to just to make her feel like garbage in a way, just to be like, "Who are you?" This, you know, make her feel like crap, which will somehow get to him, right? To Mozart. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that that totally makes sense. Um, he he yeah, maintains would... his stature. And she's now pretty low here because she was going to cheat on her husband for right. an appointment yeah. with yeah, just, him and he's like no nah, you gotta leave so yeah. she feels like total garbage now obviously you know he doesn't like mozart but like why did he do this to her do you think it's just because he's trying to humiliate her maybe sabotage their relationship and give mozart something to think about or or you know to occupy himself with what do you think it's partial i think to maintain his chastity just for himself it's his own test that he passed okay and yeah, to get to to get to Mozart through her, she's she's his biggest defender, and I want to call her like a mother figure to him. But in a way, his wife Costanzi, she does she protects Mozart. Uh, she's always defending him. She's always she's negotiating for deals for him. Um, so I think if you can hurt her, then you can if you could if you could take away the you know the the not the say the boss but the one that's really kind of taking care of him, then right, you could certainly yeah. get to him. Yeah, that yeah that makes total sense. I mean, yeah, that's basically how, how did I you took see it. it? Yeah. yeah, I mean that's that's how I took it. Yeah, I think he was trying to humiliate her. I would yeah, I just wasn't sure if that was his plan all along, just because of his facial expressions and his body language. It seemed it almost seemed like he decided la- last minute to ring the bell, but maybe he did. Maybe he was. I don't know. Either way it was a yeah. powerful moment it's just like you you know he means business now like he's 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 really trying to get this guy yeah you know he's trying to bring him down and then she's in bed and mozart comes home and oh, yeah. she just cries mm-hmm. cries cries she can't tell him why yeah but she's just like i love you powerful. i love you yeah it's really really great stuff powerful I, moment now i don't know if the i the whole scene i don't know if it wasn't in the original cut or if just like when she was actually, uh, you know, naked, if that wasn't in this cut, because I read something that part part of the scene, if not all of the scene, was the director's cut. Oh, really? Because the original movie is PG, and then the director's cut is R. Was it something that uh, that didn't like imply that they slept together or anything like that? Did it? Or, no. Okay. I'm just thinking. Yeah, I mean, because I wonder if it if the they don't show that and it just goes to the next. I could see how if 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 you don't have that information. And he tells her, come meet me. And then she shows up. And then the next thing you know, she's crying to Mozart. Yeah. You might think that they slept together. Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah, maybe it, it gave you more context into the actual what actually did happen. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder uh, what the yeah, original... We'll yeah. Research that more. But even um, though, even so, I am I mean, to have... This is really... It's actually kind of hard to figure. I mean, that's my best guess because it just seems like a to invite a woman up to your room... With the idea that you're gonna have sex, and then she disrobes, and then you tell her to get out. Right. Yeah. It's just weird. Yeah. Exactly. And he's, he's you know trying to do all this for God and trying to get God's approval almost by not giving his chastity. Yeah, it's like well, it's not working. You're kind of backwards, you know. Is yeah. it's, you're kind of you know contradicting yourself a little. So it's 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 definitely interesting. It's definitely he's definitely a, a torn man. Certainly um, a scene that just kind of sits. It's still sitting with me now. Is just yeah. talking about it because it's just so hard to figure and hard to imagine. You know. Yeah. So I mean, eventually, yeah. I mean that. That our number five is basically he rejects God. He throws he just, the cross into a fire. Yeah, he says I'm just, done with you. Yeah, he's he's had it. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember what was the breaking point for him to do that. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure. Maybe just his lack of success trying to and just Mozart just still hanging around. I forget exactly what right. what it was, but he just has. He's like I'm I'm done. I'm done with you. <laughs> yeah, and I'm done but, because everything he tries doesn't work. 
Right, and yeah. Mozart still seems to be okay, and he's still making great music. And Salieri cannot make great music, and he can't get rid of Mozart. And it, none of this, his sense of the world, it just is all just completely broken down. And so he's like, "Screw you, God." <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's what he's saying. Um, and that basically brings us to our, our next one. So, I mean, eventually Mozart's dad dies, and he's he's dealing with that. We have that great opera with, uh, you know, the uh, Don Giovanni. Don Giovanni writes a dark opera. It's crazy because you watch it, and it's not really much happening on screen, but the music is so just unsettling, and the. The, the the vocals of the singers right. going back it's like bah, yeah you can rah. you it's can like, feel yeah. the you know the the pain in it yeah. you know because obviously Mozart was inspired by it because of his dad dying and right. that's why he wrote it and you can just feel it and even the way he's composing it's it you tension can, you can, and anger and craziness and then yeah. there's those those uh, guys with the torches spinning around right and it's crazy for you know um, you imagine I don't know you know this is hundreds of years ago. It must have been really intense to see that then because it's pretty intense just to see that depiction on screen. Right, yeah. And it's like I said, there's only what, maybe 10 people on the stage and it's yeah. just dark and there's this huge figure. It's crazy. To- while, while I liked it, that that whole scene could have been shortened for me. Yeah, uh, that's where I, I, I. You definitely start to feel the length of this movie around these this time. Yeah, that's what I meant by the camera's just hanging a bit yeah, too long yeah, they're showing exactly. a bit too much here becoming a bit too dramatic and some of this stuff with the music and everything not just the not just the operas but right. just um the regular stuff going on on screen right. it's like okay man i got it yeah, like everything isn't an emotional scene where i'm like gripping my seat i can't do it mm-hmm. and this is three hours this one really kind of Kind of pushes your uh, patience in a yeah, way. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's you know, that's still leading to our number six. So, so this is w- because of this dark opera. This is where uh, Salieri. Did I say it right? Salieri. Yes, he comes up with this plan. Yep. He basically has an epiphany. Uh, I have it written down here. He's uh, touched by God at last, and God <laughs> is forced to listen. And this is again another passionate delivery of uh, him. You know, because he he's got a plan now, and he's just you know just. So this every time they show old man Murray, it's captivating. Uh, yeah, so, God will be forced to listen. He won't yeah. have anything because it'll be the funeral of Mozart. Mozart, yep. And here will be this music. And his plan is basically to kind of trick Mozart into writing a requiem, and he will take credit for it because Mozart will be dead. It'll be Mozart's requiem because he shows up to Mozart's house in the mask his father was wearing when Mozart took his father to a you know costume party. He wore the exact same mask. So Mozart's been drinking heavily. You know he's kind of going crazy in his own way just because he's got money problems. He's got family problems. You know he's just kind of going down a dark path on, on his on his own. You know his father's dead. You know things like that. And you know so this thing comes to this door. He's going to, you know, believe that this is his father, you know? Um, yeah, but I've got a question here. Uh-huh. How is Mozart going to die? I have no idea. Okay. Well, because uh, it's not really, this is just a question portion, because it, how, how does this, I mean, you're going to scare him, and clearly it works. It's a specter of his father. It's like a, a ghost or something like that, but it's not clear. What are you going to scare him to death? You're going to. What are you going to. Well, yeah, that's that's what I don't know either. It's not. Uh, that's clear. kind of what, what one of my questions were. In but our... we do know that as the movie's going on, Mozart is. His health is deteriorating. Yeah. And we actually never do know why. And, the, and I even read up on it the history. Basically, people don't know if he was poisoned or if it was a disease. People still don't know exactly how he died. We don't see on screen. So Salieri yeah. doing really anything to him yeah. other than putting the mask on and saying you need to write a requiem and mm-hmm. uh, you're going to be commissioned for it, which he never. Um, well, we assume Mozart thinks it's it's his dad. Obviously, we know it's not. But, right? Yeah, we know. Uh, but also, um, it's just to do. So it would be his dad telling him to write a thing, and you're going to get paid. Yeah, and and basically. Then Mozart will die, and F. Murray will uh, take credit for it because he'll compose the requiem at the funeral. And then God will be forced to listen. Of course, God will be forced to listen. Yeah, it's what a crazy uh, idea. Yeah, it's a crazy idea, but I I do. It's it's so good. It's It's not a knock on the movie. That's no, it's awesome. It's compelling, exactly. And uh, so yeah, and then we get to a point where uh, Mozart is composing this other opera. He's doing for money. 
And oh yeah, so because of course F Murray is there. Yeah, that's right. I just want to say real quick because because this problem with money that Mozart's having, uh, w- one guy who puts on these crappy stage shows basically is like. It's sort of like saying, you know, you can be the Beatles or you could be the Monkees. <laughs> yes. You know, because at least the Monkees are selling out. Right. You know, and they're making money. So do your do your lowbrow, do your crap entertainment stuff, because that's what people want to go in to see. They don't appreciate your amazing composition. They really don't. You know, they're not going to be filling the seats for that. Plus, there's also an issue with uh, they were limiting the runs of his of his shows, which actually we didn't even touch on, right? There'd be yeah. like only nine runs of an amazing opera when really it should probably should have run for like three months. Right, you know? yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's there in sort of a dingy looking place. Well, I didn't realize too, because yeah, Mozart's watching this play with uh, his, his wife and kid. And uh, I read about this after, it was actually a opera of, it was a parody of one of Mozart's operas. Right, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that in the movie. Um that was that was a Don Giovanni, right? It comes through. Yeah. Well, it's just funny that you said monkeys and Beatles because it's a parody of Mozart. <laughs> Mozart's the Beatles, and then oh yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, so, well done. Well Obviously, done. I planned that. Yeah, that's course. right. Yeah, of course. Uh, that's right. Yeah, because this is one of Don Giovanni. Because in in the Mozart version of Don Giovanni, which we just talked about, this huge like eight foot figure, all in black, this commander with like this eagle winged helmet, busts through this like cement block, and he's like. Rah! And in this one, it's like a midget on a horse or something <laughs> yep. like that. Uh, Kenny, <laughs> Kenny Baker, right? Was one of the midgets. Oh, was he? Yeah, Kenny Baker R2-D2. Yep. I'm sorry. I believe it's little people. So. Uh, sorry. Thank uh, you. Well, you said midgets first. And as I mentioned in uh, one of our Star Wars episodes, uh, Kenny Baker, you know, you couldn't have just put any little person in no, that. So. Exactly. So, you know, he changed the world. He changed <laughs> cinema forever. Cinema would not be the same without him. Uh, so... So anyway, Mozart is then, you know, has money. He's uh, the guy who, you know, he was seeing the play at, you know, offers him a job to write a play. And then he's composing the play and he looks like crap. Yep. Seems like I like the progression because, again, they they show that same shot of when he was in that pink wig, Uh like just so cocky and full of life and just loving what he does. And then this, he's... He's like he's sweaty barely and pale. Through it. He's got yep. no. He's got like his regular hair or something. Yeah. He's sweaty. It's dark. It's yeah. It's yeah. not the same. And he faints. F. Murray's there, of course, and decides to bring him home. Uh-huh. And because his wife's out of town, and F. Murray knows how his wife feels about him, and then, uh, he, but he has an opportunity to write uh, the Requiem with. Uh, Mozart, because someone comes to the door, Mozart thinks it's his dad again. He says, oh, just get rid of him. Tell him and ask him for more money. And apparently the guy actually said, here's your portion. Right, because he was the guy he was working with for the Giovanni parody. Right, so yeah, like F. Murray's like, oh, okay. He kind of took advantage of it. He's like, here, here's your money and you got to write it. Yeah, he kind of lies by omission, but not really. He's like, well, there's a guy and the guy gave you the money. and But then he does sort of, he adds a bit where he's like, you got to finish it by tomorrow or something like that. Yeah. So it happened to work out well. And, uh, but so here's Mozart laying in bed. He's like sort of yellow and sweaty. So here he's at the, at the foot of the bed with uh, his pen and paper and his, and how cool is this? I love this. Probably my favorite part, maybe. Here's Mozart dictating music to Salieri. And it's just so cool. He's like, you're gonna, here's the key, and you're gonna, like, all that stuff. And he's like, the brr. Yeah, bassoons and yeah, the like, trumpets yeah. are all gonna be the same. He's like, no, 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 but it should have this. He's like, are you with me? He's like, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to keep up. And then the, the music just goes, you know, it plays it, and you, you're like, oh, wow. And you're just so, like, yeah, ra- enraptured by this. And uh, just a little, uh, uh Production wise, uh, I guess Hulse was giving skipping lines on purpose to confuse F. Murray, so he would have like a natural reaction to what he was oh, doing. Wow. Like, wait, what, what, what? Like, uh, well, that's great because yeah, you could feel touch. his yeah. like he can't keep up writing. You know, yeah. he's like he's he's it's oh it's so. And good. I like how they're both like mouthing the music. They're like, bum, bum. it's just crazy that you could be that like musically inclined that you can just write it and hear it in your head while you're writing. Like I know some notes on guitar, you know, I know yeah. guitar and I know like the notes and stuff, but like, like a minor, you know what an a minor is. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's just like how you can just totally just make a song in your head without even having an instrument in front of you. Like that's talent. Like that's insane. Yeah. And here's where like Salieri is kind of like not giving himself enough credit. Right. Cause he's able to, he's that right there with Mozart, right? Right there in his head. Hearing the notes and doing it and putting it on paper, that's not mediocre. Right. That's good. You yeah, know, that's, that's really good. Yeah, that's exactly. good stuff. You yeah. know, so you're not the best in the world. That's okay. Big deal. Just yeah. because you're not, and this is a problem I, I have with 
not the movie per se, but with with Salieri here, because as we get to, well, I mean, we might just just move on here. They compose this thing. It doesn't quite finish. Costanza comes back from a from a trip, and he's like, she needs like, you, you got to get out of here. He's like, no, I want to stay. And then Mozart is basically dead. Yeah, and he gets dumped in this common grave. I know, man. That's that's rough. Well, but right before he dies, though, it's just heartbreaking that he says, you know, uh, he asks for F. Murray's forgiveness. Oh, God. He's he like, I'm for sorry, I thought you didn't like me. I thought you didn't like me. Yeah. It's just like, damn, oh, like, man, he, he was really just not. He was not a bad guy. He yeah. was just obnoxious. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was like, really his worst crime. Yeah, I mean, look at the dad he had. You know, very overpowering dad. It's just like, man, he could have like befriended him and like taken him under his wing and yeah. been like his champion. Instead, he yeah. like he becomes his enemy. Yeah, exactly. Like you, he probably still looked up to you. Obviously, you're an older man to him. Like he looked up to you. Like yeah, you could have mentored him and you know just been his counterpart just rather had, than yeah like, trying to go against him. Instead, he just develops this very twisted sense of the world yeah. and it just poisoned his mind yeah twisted sense that you know uh, again that he thinks you know god is you know <laughs> he still f- blames god for letting uh you know mozart die young while he has to keep living and and you know be yeah i mean everything alive and torture exactly everything that happens in the world is god's fault basically yeah. i mean he the man i mean he belongs where he is in a sense uh, I like what he's, I speak for all medi- mediocre, medi- that word, mediocrities mediocre. in the world. I am their champion. And he's just like being wheeled. I absolve the, you. Yeah, I absolve well, you. These being, are all mental patients he's absolving. Yeah, I mean, exactly. God, I mean, if, if that, he considers himself, well, I mean, that's where he is, but he was a, he's very good. I mean, do you agree here that, that his idea of what mediocre is is just ridiculous yeah exactly you're a wealthy man you're the court composer (laughs) of the emperor of austria man so you're not mozart you're like instead of number one you're like number five yeah number five is not mediocre number five is pretty freaking good yeah Come I'll on. take number five. I'll take. Come on, give us number five. Hey, mediocre. Let's <laughs> talk about mediocre. You look at it here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You might be, you know, a ten-piece McNugget, and he's a Big Mac. But you know, we, we, <laughs> you know, we. Hey, <laughs> what's wrong with some ten-piece chicken nuggets? There's you know, nothing wrong still with tasty. it at all. It's just a horrible way to go through life. Yeah, it's it's it again. It's it's about you know what uh, you know a life of bitterness and hate can do to you. Mm-hmm. It's just man, just and I, I disagree. Appreciate with it. what you yeah. have. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely appreciate what you have, and it it's so it's difficult in a way, but it is so freaking compelling. No, no, to yeah, watch it's, it's great this character I mean, that you pretty much hate. It's yeah, I know, yeah, right? you it, just don't it, like yeah. him really. I mean, you again, you see the his points, and yeah, you yeah, see yeah. you know why he feels this way. But yeah, it's it just. As the movie went on, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, he's not a really good guy. No, he's kind of <laughs> like pretty bad guy. I was like trying to like, <laughs> you know, see his point of view the whole movie. And then I'm just like, at, I forget what point it was. I'm just like, yeah, you're not good. No, you're <laughs> you so know? sucked in by the performance. Well, it's, it's kind of a flip-flop too. Because at first you're like, yeah, Mozart's an idiot. Yeah, how could he have the, all the talent? You know, like, it's kind of unfair. And then it just kind of, you know, levels out for a second. And then it's just like, okay, I, I'm totally get Mozart. You know, it's sad that he's, you know, an alcoholic. He's, you know, he's going down the wrong path yeah. just mentally. And you, you basically start to turn on both Salieri's, both the older and the younger. Right. Because... The the older is the more compelling of the two in terms oh, of absolutely. the acting yeah. and the delivery of the lines. But even he, you're like, man, you're just twisted. And then the young one, he just becomes so smug and yeah. condescending. I was like, oh, it was brilliant. Yeah, just absolutely stunning. Yeah. You know, you, like, you know he's just blowing smoke, you know? You flatter me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, then it's just, it's sad. Like, again, you you look at Mozart as this, like, it, God blessed him with everything. And right. Look! Look at his burial. It's just common grave. Just you know. Yeah, I mean, even you know. so, he dies at what? I think it was thirty-five. Yep, thirty-five. He's he dies, you know, not wealthy. Yeah. Um, he dies young, unexplained, leaving a, a a wife who loved him very much, and his child who you know loved him as well, obviously. And that's I wouldn't call that. Uh, a, a gift from God? Would you? No, not at all. Yes, you remember his music now, but you know what? What more could have Celieri could have done? You know what? What more could have he have done? You know, in the years after you know Mozart died, like. So I got a question for you. 
Uh, with Who's the idiot, me or the movie? This <laughs> is our next segment. One of us will be the idiot in this question, or one of us will just have no answer. But within the universe uh, slash context of the movie, what killed Mozart? And let me follow up here. And I, I based this on what Costanzi said towards the end. Did the music, meaning, well, the music either generally or the Requiem itself, kill Mozart? <sighs> did yeah, it did it somehow like drain his life force and by putting that and by all that music existed in his mind and everyone's yelling at him put it on paper put it on paper by releasing that music out of his head and onto paper was that sort of his life force and did that kill him maybe in the context of the movie um if that's what you mean yeah, just like absolutely, yeah, fan, yeah. You know, For, forget, metaphorically forget real life just within the movie the movie's its own little yeah, that's, bubble. That's what it would seem, because if it was anything else, the movie, I think, would have shown it. I think it's meant for us to ask these questions and to interpret it. Like, you know, how much can you truly give until you've just, you can't do it anymore, you know? So, I mean, yeah, in the context of the movie, I think so. I think that's just, he had enough. This is a lifelong journey he went on with music and just having it in his head. Like, he kept, because through the movie, he kept saying, it's all right here. It's yeah, all right here. Exactly. Yeah. And then him yeah, letting it out. Just being able to just let it out. Does he only have time. so much? Yeah. And is it that's more like a curse? Yeah, it's true. Than a like gift. he needed to get out that one last note, you know? Yeah. It's one last note. And it kind of makes me think of how uh Cilieri said, Oh, you never, you know, at the end of your song you didn't do a one last um I forget what he said, called it a bump or something to let the crowd know uh-huh. you cheer. Maybe him letting out whatever it was he needed to let out that one last note that one oh, last yeah. you know the cheer was his death i guess you know the cheer was just being able to be let free by death so to speak i like yeah. that i like to i like to think that that's true yeah um you, it, it, see this is why i love doing this cuz you like <laughs> when you talk it out you can you can figure these things out yeah i didn't just, have that in notes or anything yeah, it just yeah, it's just something i thought it's, of uh, no that's it's, it's good um yeah, that's uh, that's good stuff. So good stuff. great movie, right? Yeah. No, absolutely. I'm I mean, glad we not, did this it's one. Not, it's not a movie I'm gonna, you know, maybe watch it one or two more times in the rest of my life. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's not a, mo- a rewatchable movie. I wouldn't say, but uh, uh, no, but this maybe one... some of the uh, uh, Cialieri scenes on YouTube. Maybe I'll watch a few more times. Yeah, uh, but I can well. see, I can see speed watching this movie into yeah. forty five minutes exactly and yep. getting. And really enjoying those forty-five minutes, mm. so I, I could definitely see that because uh, I understand. And like if it's on like AMC or something, like if it's I'm just flipping through, I'm like, oh, I'll just leave this on for a little bit. You know what it used to be on? I don't even know if this channel exists. Is Ovation? They used to play this all the time. Oh, really? Yeah, and I I would catch bits and pieces of it. Yeah, it was like almost that I can see doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, that I, so I've seen this one. I don't know completely, maybe. Four or five times, and okay. bits and pieces, another maybe oh, wow. four or five. So I, I've man. spent some time with this movie. Yeah, I'll say, man, that's good stuff. Yeah, I really like. I mean, it it's a really lot. good. So, um, but yeah, I, I didn't really have any questions. You, I mean, I know this was based off a play, but uh, is oh, there it was a play. Sign- yeah, it's a play. Uh, did okay. you? Is there a significance that it's called Amadeus and not Wolfgang or Mozart? Is it just because it flows better? Or? I don't know. It may just be creative. That well, I don't know if the name Amadeus means something. That I don't know. It maybe if there's a significance to that name. Yeah. Otherwise, this is. Is just a clever way of it's like uh was it nixon was richard millhouse nixon it'd be like calling the movie millhouse yeah just yeah. to be something different because yeah. it's not mozart well well i think it's also a way because you know at the beginning of the movie salieri's like oh who is this like obviously you recognize mozart and the movie's not really totally about mozart mm. It's about this guy's, you know, bitterness and yeah. everything. So maybe it's a way of saying, okay, it's you know, this is his story. This is Celieri's story. So obviously, he's not going to give Mozart the satisfaction of calling something Mozart. I agree. You know? I think calling it calling it Mozart would, yeah, that would sort of cheapen the movie because you have it's it's an unfamiliar name. It's not a name you know very much. Yeah. And like you said, he's really while he is critical to the movie, he's not really the main character, right? Hmm. Yeah, because I mean, it's told from the point of view of F. Murray Abraham. Yeah, so. or Salieri. Makes you know, sense. Uh, F. Murray. <laughs> uh, how would you rate this film, Dave? I'm going to give this thing. You, uh, you, I think you might disagree with me here, but I'm going to give this thing four and a half stars. I think it's a fantastic film. Oh wow! I think it's just an outstanding movie that anyone, any film lover, needs to watch 
it this would be if I was to create a, a curriculum of must see movies, not the thousand and one that we talked about right, uh, yeah. two years or two episodes ago. But if if I were to come up with maybe ten or twenty, this one would be on my list. Really? Yeah, I think this one is a this one's a keeper. I think it's a fantastic movie. I think if this movie came out now, it would be a, a best picture uh, nominee or winner. Uh, but popcorn wise, I'm going to give it just two. It, it's really too long. If this one came out now, it'd probably be only a two fifteen minute, two hour fifteen minute movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but definitely. It, I, you know, for a movie that's if if you watch the, it, it, I don't know if you can have the ability to go on YouTube or something to see the trailer for this. It's terrible. It's so I, bad. <laughs> Trailers have really come a long way. The uh, mystery, the murder, the yeah. like. It's like. And you're like, okay, well, so they're making the trailers are this bad, but yet they're able to actually cut and make an amazing movie. Not that this is ancient or anything, right, but yeah. 1984 is kind of a, a long time ago, and this movie doesn't look old, really. Right. The trailers look terrible, but like we talked about, the shot, the conductor shot that they have, whatever that is, that looks amazing now. I mean, it looks like it, it was just shot yesterday. Um, so, you know, great job by the actors. It's a phenomenal story, really. It's just amazing source material. Great job by Milos Foreman. I, I know, I, I, maybe my rating's a little high here at four and a half. I just think it's phenomenal. Yeah. So what do you got? Good stuff. I, I mean, again, you've said you've seen it a lot more times than I have. I'm fresh off this, just finished watching it last night. Uh, so I do need to let it sink in more. So I'm at three and a half stars, you know, maybe leaning towards four, but yeah. three and a half stars and one and a half buckets of popcorn. Again, very long, very, you know. It's really long. It's hard to get through a little bit, but. Um, but I think this is also one where you, it's almost like a, I don't want to call it like a fine wine or something, but it's something you can, you've enjoyed it once, but then you could sort of sip it. Later, um, and I think you might find yourself yeah. one day just going through that forty-five minute blow through, right? Where you get all the best parts, and God, that forty-five minutes is just an amazing forty-five yeah. minutes, you know? Because all the best parts of this movie are so captivating. Yeah, the F. Murray Abraham, just watching him talk, or just you know, staring at him doing his thing, he's so freaking good. Yeah, and then the opera scenes are really, really good, and I don't even think that I would like them, right? No. Yeah, that's that's very true. And I like how uh, when he's being wheeled through, and the last uh, last thing we hear is the laugh, the uh, Amadeus laugh, just haunts. <laughs> Can I get rid of it? Right? <laughs> exactly. But uh, but yeah, I mean, great film. Great. I can see why it's rated so high on IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, all of that. I mean, it's 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 what's know. its Rotten Tomatoes? I didn't even look at that. It, uh, it's, yeah, it's higher. I forget exactly, but That's yeah, fine. I mean, it's, it's like eight point three on uh, IMDb. So yeah, but, um, which is great for IMDb. All right, well, that is it for us. I'm glad I uh, we've you know talked about this movie. I'm glad I finally saw it. One more off my checklist of movies I need to see. Finally, we're making movies great. Yes, sir. All right, folks. Well, that is it for us. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on uh, Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Comment. Uh, comment. Not just subscribe. But we you know be involved. Comment. We want to yeah, talk to you guys. Any feedback. And, uh, yeah, any feedback, but also just have conversation about movies with you guys. So definitely uh, give us a shout out. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to say I saw Jumanji and I thought it sucked. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Jumanji sucks. So don't worry about that one. Yeah, I like the first one. Um, you know, I like The Rock. Uh, and uh, for, a, for, like I told you, uh, for a high Rotten Tomato score and a big box office, I was a bit disappointed by this one. Does so. it have tie ins to the first one? Or is it totally very just... vague? Not okay. really close. They're in like a video game simulation. It's really, really not tied in well, I, I think was what I would say. Where can people follow, uh, find you on Twitter? You can find me at Dave underscore Quist. I am at BC Gordon. Our show's Twitter is at BlockbusterCast. That is it for us. For Davo, I'm Ben C. Gordon. As always, grab some popcorn, grab some snacks. We'll catch you guys at the, moment. <laughs> at the movies. At the movies.